Hi, this is Donna Otto with my gravelly voice from the allergies here in this wonderful state of Arizona. And this is Friday of Holy Week. Wow, I hope I can get through this time without tears. It's such an amazing week and an accumulation of Lenten time for those of us who took time this year. 40 days or 46 or 7 days to concentrate our thoughts and our minds and make some sacrifice, some yielding. Um, a book that I was reading was called The Small Surrenders, and I just love the play on words. Did you ever find a surrender that was small? <laughs> All surrenders are surrenders, and they're not always that easy. But this is Friday, and sometimes I think because we're not historians, and I certainly am not, um, although I love history, that we think that the cross and the crucifixion was just a series of things that just happened. I mean, after all, they were ruled by a Roman government, and yet Romans could not be crucified. And we know the accounts of they're trying to free Jesus, but in fact, they're not going to free him, and he's going to be crucified. This didn't just happen, though, in a week. In Isaiah, which had been written hundreds of years earlier, chapter 53, verse 10, it says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain when you make his life an offering for sin. He shall see his offspring and shall prolong his days. Through him the will of the Lord shall prosper. <laughs> this is not an accident. This didn't just rise up. It was the Lord's plan to crush his own son to so fulfill the plan for mankind. And, and I, yes, I could go right from there and spend 40 minutes, but I'm not. I'm only going to say that remember, the most important part of this plan was that God did not call us to be robots. He didn't tell us exactly what to do. He gave us a free will. Free will is what makes all of these events essential. Because if God just wanted to dictate, he did not need to give his son as a sacrifice, an atonement. Even if we're not talking old covenant or new covenant, we would just get in line, and I always call it, get in the rut. When we get in the rut of doing what everybody else is doing around us, because somebody said we should do it. This is not the reason. This is not a surprise. This was a part of his vast eternal plan. And this is Friday, and they're in the old part of the city, Caiaphas and Pilate, and the abuse by the soldiers. <laughs> Another prophecy that happens on that day, that in Psalm twenty-two eighteen it says, that maybe one of the most quoted psalms in the New Testament, that they divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. The psalms predicted that they would cast lots. And why do they cast lots? Why do they throw dice to decide who gets this piece of clothing? Because it was a piece of clothing made for God, who is perfect, and it was a perfect piece of cloth with no seams in it. And they were about to tear it up from some historian perspective and, and share it. And they realized what a beautiful piece of garment this was. And so they cast lots for it. They saw this seamless gown 
that he gave himself voluntarily to be nailed to this cross. What I love so much about this day is the intentionality. The intentionality and the planning on the part of God. Can you, can you uh, sit with that for a moment and think about some great and grand thing that you were ever a part of that you planned? Was it a wedding or a high school reunion or a church service or the best birthday party anyone ever had? It was something that you planned prepared, you were intentional about, you made sure the invitations were out and everyone, everything was ready for the event. Well, this is God's vast eternal plan. And it was his intentional plan and the planning of God. And he did that on our behalf. He did that on our behalf for us. So we come to this Friday, and most of the events of this day are events that you're familiar with. He goes before Pilate. He goes before Herod. He is sentenced to death. Barabbas is released, and the crucifixion begins. And he is nailed to the cross. He's nailed to the cross. There were two criminals who were nailed with him. Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to that place, which is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right side and one on his left side. Now, if you know anything at all about this experience, and if you've been around the church, you've heard stories about how painful it was and how what the plan was and why was the cross upright. And it was upright because in the end you can't breathe. And you're asphyxiated. That that's it's it's a the torture the the most torturous of death to this day. That people say I don't know. I've never been a part of torturing anyone, and I don't. I've never been tortured, but it was so intentional. And Jesus, in this moment, there are two significant things that I think just stagger my imagination, and that is that he says, Jesus says from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. What kind of a gracious God is Jesus, who on the cross where he is feeling every piece of pain, and he understands the ultimate intentional plan of his Father, and he is fulfilling that plan. But he looks around and he realizes that many of these men are doing what someone told them to do and they don't understand. They simply don't understand. Remember we talked about this a few weeks ago about the things that we yield to that we don't understand. I I, I mentioned Mary particularly who yielded her body to be the vehicle to deliver a child that was conceived by an immaculate conception. She didn't understand that. She didn't understand Jesus. She didn't understand living with him. And these people didn't understand except by law they were being told what to do and they were doing it. And here's Jesus. He is aware of that, and he asks his Father in heaven to forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I find that act of compassion something I will never understand in my life, certainly, but with every passing year, it it grabs me and makes me understand how much he cared for me. And then 
the criminals who were hanged there, they kept deriding him and saying, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself. But the other rebuked. So this is one criminal. They're one on either side. They're robbers. That, that's what they've done. They've been, they're thieves. And they're being crucified at the same time Jesus is. And one says, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And I, I, I read that and wonder, what is it about the fear of God that this man understood that the other one didn't understand? But he says to the robber, do you not recognize the fear of God? We indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And what follows? Wow, maybe this season, at least for me, the most powerful two verses. Then he said, Jesus, the robber says Jesus. He calls him Jesus. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He recognizes this robber on the cross, recognizes that this is God, the Messiah, the King Will you remember me when you come into the kingdom? And Jesus' reply is, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. This is salvation. Today he was saved, and he will be with God in paradise. Not tomorrow, not another time. This is that transformation that keeps, we keep being saved from things and God keeps transforming us. And this was his first initial and today he will be with him in paradise. Today is paradise for you, where you live and whatever you are doing. Today is paradise. It is the kingdom of God alive in you. And if this is not a part of your daily way of life, I want you to consider what God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit did on your behalf. It's the end of the week. We know what happens. We are privy to the whole story. Saturday from the scripture is a very silent day. It's a very silent day. And then in Luke 24, the resurrection is described, and he is not here, he is risen, he is alive. Read Luke 24, it's a noisy day. Saturday is a quiet day, and Sunday is a noisy day. If you don't believe in Jesus and you don't live your life as a faithful life, maybe this is a time to believe. Is there a Jerusalem in your life? Are you weeping over someone or something, your marriage, your financial condition, your children, yourself, your heartaches? Listen to this lesson of an intentional Jesus who courageously obeyed and found peace for all of us. I hope that whatever you are planning, whatever you are thinking about, whatever God is calling you to, that you will take these simple words from my heart and from my mouth and not so simple words found in the scripture, that today you will be with me in paradise. It is today's present moment, not something out there in the future. 
oh yes, I know that God has promised us that this earth that we live on, this kingdom of God that we live in on this earth will be different. I don't know what that's going to be. It's not clear. And it's not clear when it's going to happen. But I know, I know from my own experience that today is a day of paradise for me because the work of God the Father, the Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit allows me to be present with God all the time. 24-7, I am in his presence. Whether I'm aware of it or not, he is present. God doesn't show up. God is already there. So I challenge you, at the end of this Holy Week, as you prepare, if you have not been planning on going to church this Sunday, may I encourage you to do so. Thank you for allowing me this place to speak my heart this very special week, sacred, set apart, remembering all the things that were the final steps of the intentionality of God from the beginning of time until now. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go on and make it a very uncommon day of practicing being in paradise in his presence.